was a rumble in the jungle Once I heard dad was outside again Counting birds and mama plugged in the nightlight And I saw the queen of the world mama Hello, welcome to the Golden Hour Birth Podcast We're so happy to have you back I'm your host Natalie and I'm your host, Liz, and today we have a very special guest. It's our first time having a remote guest, um, <laughs> so if the sound is a little different, that's why, but we wanted to introduce Jenny, and um, thanks for coming on, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, um, I'm Jenny. Uh, my full name is Jenna Lynn. A lot of people, uh, when I became an adult, <laughs> call me Jenna Lynn. Um, and I am a nurse at Reproductive Biology Associates. It's a fertility clinic in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm the clinical educator. So I talk a lot and I teach new nurses about the field that, um, I'm very, very passionate about fertility. And when I was in nursing school, I was interested in women's health and psychology. And how do you mix those two? Fertility. (laughs) Um, so it was I feel like I was destined for this job, and I truly, truly, truly love it. But mm-hmm. I live here in North Georgia with my two girls and my husband, Daniel. Um, he goes by Danny. We met in preschool. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so for all the St. Louis folk that listen, he went to Marquette. I went to Eureka. Oh. I went to two different <laughs> high schools, um, and we met when we were 16. And we were inseparable. When we met, we we just, we didn't stop hanging out. He was my best friend and, <laughs> um, you know, uh, ups and downs. But we went to college together in Alabama and then we ended up in uh, Georgia. Awesome. I love that. I love the high school yeah. sweetheart love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We grew up together. I mean, yeah. um, he, in many ways, I, I, I mean, I watched that that guy grow chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) We have, we've gone through it all with each other. It's, it's something really special and um, unique. (laughs) That's amazing. So when did you guys decide that you wanted to start a family and then how did kind of like that journey go? Yeah, I, in college, I found out I had PCOS, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome um, where it's where you just don't ovulate on your own. Mm-hmm. So without birth control, I don't have a period. I knew from that point, I knew I would need some kind of help getting pregnant. I didn't look into the job for that. <laughs> I just happened to fall onto it. Mm-hmm. And after we got married, we eloped. And in 2018, we eloped. And after, shortly after that, I was like, whatever, I'll get off birth control and we can see. Well, a couple months go by, nothing. I tried a couple of rounds of medication. I took letrozole and uh, Avadrol. It's an injection that forces you to ovulate. Mm-hmm. And Danny didn't know about like the first five months of that. He just thought that he was getting late. <laughs> and uh, he was just happy to be there. <laughs> and um, so we, it was, Probably it was June. I went to a family wedding and I was, you know, you're hoping to be pregnant for those, those big events, those Mm -hmm. family events. And 
it was a letdown that I wasn't my coworker. She was pregnant the month we both tried and it was just, a. you feel so sad and disappointed each month. And it gave me insight into what my patients go through. So mm. we moved into our new home and we tried again in July. I just so happened to be talking to my sister about this stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we started our periods around the same time. She just got married. Um, and we, we tried with medication again, a, a higher dose this time. And I was testing at work because I'm surrounded by birth, like pregnancy tests. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I pay for one? Um, Love that. So I was at work on a weekend and I took a test and it was like a very faint line and I'm all by myself and I'm holding the test and I'm like shaking, shaking. <laughs> and my manager, uh, uh, I'm close with all my coworkers and she sees me with that test and she just screams, like <laughs> screams down the hall. And the, the director of nursing at the time, she was like, who's screaming on a weekend? Absolutely <laughs> not. Like she's joking. She's like, who the hell is screaming? And Melissa was like, Jenny's pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, I think, and I'm shaking and holding the, 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 the little test to her. And I was like, I think, I think it's positive. She goes, yeah, it's positive. Unless you're just a weird old man with a disease. No, it's, <laughs> it's positive. And so we do our test. That was 11 days after ovulation. That was 11 days. Oh, wow. And it was positive, which is the first sign I should have noticed. <laughs> um, the, the blood work was like, pretty high. It was, oh, I think, uh, over a hundred. Mm. And, um, I, I have a, where I work, we have ultrasounds. And so I could do ultrasounds at like five weeks. Yeah. So I did a really early ultrasound and it was, we saw two sacks. <laughs> so immediately we saw two sacks and I was so anxious because we're, I'm in a realm that there could be multiple per sack. Mm-hmm. So I was like, as long as there's just two heartbeats per sack, as long as there's just two heartbeats per sack. Um, that time was pretty scary. Um, I Early on, I didn't have um, very many symptoms early, but I hit about seven or eight weeks and nausea hit mm-hmm. pretty bad. I don't know about you guys, but like if I'm gonna vomit, I fight it. My body like mm-hmm. fights it really hard. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid it at all costs. Um, but I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of food aversions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I lost weight at that point. Um, my only appetite, I just wanted a turkey sub from Jersey Mike's. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm not eating anything. Like, I can't eat anything. So uh, the risk be damned, I'm eating that turkey sub. <laughs> and um, so that was that was a little tough. Um, when it came to, like, 14 weeks, though, it stopped. All of it stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it got better. And you know, it was like, almost like I hit a wall. I could drink coffee again. I could, um, I could go about normally. Now other symptoms started pretty (laughs) early with me. I don't know if you guys know what pups is. Mm -mm, Um, 
I had no idea what this was. It is P-U-P-P-P-S. It's a bunch of P's. Yeah. <laughs> but it's related to your placenta and it causes um, excessive itching oh. all over your body. I have oh, heard of that. <laughs> yeah. It was I've never awful. Heard of it. It's from your placenta and it's from uh, a lot of first pregnancies get it and first pregnancies of boys. And it can happen with first pregnancies because you get so big so fast. Mm -hmm. And with twins, I got big so fast. Yeah. Um, I was itching so much. They had to give me, I had to take Benadryl or Zyrtec every day. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. I also got lightning crotch really early. Oh, ditto. Um, (laughs) I got lightning crotch probably 23 weeks. 24 weeks oh, oh wow that is early yeah, <laughs> yeah. i thought i got it yeah. early but i didn't <laughs> i know i listened to your episode and i was like oh that feeling <laughs> oh god that feeling is something else yeah um but yeah so it, i mean at the beginning we were so overjoyed with it mm-hmm. um i was ex- really, really excited. I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I knew the measurements of my, my follicles. Like I was like, oh, is are these identical? You know, are, was it that small follicle that was just hanging over there? Um, so I was very aware of everything yeah. when I was, when I was pregnant. Um, how did we you tell Danny? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. How did you no. tell Danny? Cause I don't think you said that part. Like, how did you tell Danny that you were pregnant at work? And then how did you tell them it was twins? Yeah. So I, after I went home, I, you know, got off of work and I was like, I got to find one of those fancy tests, mm-hmm. you know, one of those store-bought tests <laughs> yeah. that just say pregnant. Yeah. You won't get the whole line. Um, and I go to his work. He works in real estate and he uh, works for a home builder. So he's there at the model home and he has a partner. Um and I get there and it's just his partner there. And she was like, oh, he's walking a house with some customers. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I really wanted to videotape it. So I was like, hmm, I guess I'm going to tell one more person before my husband. <laughs> so I'm like, can you do me a favor? And when Danny's coming up, I need you to take a video because I'm going to tell him I'm pregnant. And she was so excited. <laughs> and we, I have him on like the front porch and I'm like, Hey babe, you know, we're going to have to start preparing because we have someone coming to visit us in April. And he was like, who? <laughs> and I was like, mm, I'm not sure who they'll be, but, and I start to pull out and he goes, Oh my God. And he's just like, <laughs> and he's like, it's cause we, he, no, he was like, he was like, um, we did it. I, he said something like, we did it last night. Was it that? <laughs> You're an idiot. Oh. You're an idiot. <laughs> yes. And that. then the best one, the best one was when I, I got that ultrasound that, that day, um, it was like, I was really, really early y'all. I was like five weeks and I had just called my sister that day. Like I got home from work, called my sister. I didn't, she had had a loss. Um, and I didn't want to be like, Hey, I know you're trying, you pregnant yet. Mm -hmm. That's never, never a good thing. (laughs) If someone's struggling to get pregnant, don't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I recall, we're talking and you know, when you like, 
you're doing small talk with someone mm-hmm. and you're skirting around the thing that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about stupid crap. I don't even remember. And she goes, and she like cuts the shit and goes, are you pregnant? <laughs> and I was like, Kim, I am, I am. Um, and she goes, you know what? I took a test today. I think I am too. And I go, you think? <gasps> she, no joke, her and I were five days apart. Oh, we had gotten pregnant five my days gosh. apart. That is so And special. it was that day. Yeah, it was that day where I had that ultrasound. And I go, Kimberly, I really don't mean to steal your thunder. I do think it might be, I think it's twins. And she was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I am one up in you. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> But it was so exciting. And I had planned that day for my friend Anna to come over. And I was going to, like, have a glass of wine, you know, talk to her. We hadn't seen each other in a while. She's a, a nurse at a children's hospital. Like, she's in the in the shit. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She was, she knew that we had been trying for a couple months. And she was like, so how's it going? And I was like, you know, we... We stopped trying. I we're we're it was a fight. We we had a fight. <laughs> I'm just lying, just straight up lying to her. And um, until she got until Danny got home from work, that I had him start recording, and I recorded me telling her. And which, by the way, during this time, we're idiots, and we decided to get a puppy. <laughs> so she, her initial reaction was oh my god are you still getting a puppy <laughs> I was like yeah we're still getting a puppy because we're dumb <laughs> um, <laughs> we're so dumb we, we were getting paying for the puppy and all of that and we'd already put a deposit down and then I find out it's twins and it's like <laughs> I already put money down this is going to happen <laughs> so I, pull, I say Danny keep recording and he goes oh oh like that's not part of the plan he's recording and I pull out that ultrasound and I go and I start crying because I was like holding it in too long I was like it could be twins and he ruins the video because he goes fuck and I'm like and then after the video is gone he goes it's because we did it twice that one day is (laughs) no it's not that we don't have twins because we did it twice like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the Love name this. is in real estate. Like, he, he, he's not the medical one. But, um, yeah, and it was it was so fun having that initial, we're pregnant, and then doing the, and it's twins. Like, it's yeah. so satisfying. Yeah. It's really, really satisfying. Um, I love it. Because everyone's so excited, and then they're just like, and then their look in their eyes is so <laughs> scared <laughs> I get so scared for you <laughs> and it's like yeah I'm scared too <laughs> um, so it was it was really pretty exciting at the beginning yeah yeah awesome. like always <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after like the 24-ish weeks of like lightning crotch how did it go from there um now they the anatomy scan obviously yeah. is super long when it comes to twins. Mm-hmm. You're, you're measuring everything and anything. Um, they're able to get baby B 
just fine. We can see all of baby B. She seems to have all the room to flip around. And um, it was baby A that we really couldn't visualize. She um, was just facing my spine. So we couldn't see her face. Um, and that would spurred on more appointments and later on, you know, more ultrasounds, mm-hmm. but, um, we held off on genetic testing. We didn't do the gender testing or anything. And I just wanted to wait because with twins, it's not a definitive. Mm-hmm. You could say, it just tells you if the, the Y chromosome is present or not. Mm-hmm. In my case, it would have told me the answer, <laughs> But I was like, I, I think it's a boy and a girl. I think it's a boy and a girl. Um, I don't think it's going to give me the full answer. I'm not sick enough to be both girls, you know. Mm-hmm. And plus, by the way, no girl names. We had no girl names <laughs> set out. We were none. the opposite. None that we liked. Um, and we, I had my ultrasonographer who happens to also be a twin mom in the fertility game. Love it. There's a lot of us. <laughs> There are just like six twin parents in our office. Oh my God. And yes. So we, I was like, okay, I think it's t-, like, she was like, I think it's time. Let's do your gender. Let's find the gender today. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool having the ability to just pop a wand in your vagina and have your coworkers <laughs> tell you stuff. Um, so she, her, her name is Kimmy. She's fantastic. I love her. Um, and Jen, another ultrasonographer, who's also a twin parent. And, <laughs> I had them in there and they were going to write it down and Danny and I were, I was going to go home and Danny and I were going to see it and open it up together. Mm -hmm. And they write it down really secretively. And right at the end, Jen is like, Hey, what do you think it is? And I go, Oh, I, I think it's going to be a boy and a girl. And Jen goes, Hey, Kimmy, did you hear what she thinks they are? (laughs) All right. So I'm wrong. I'm wrong. (laughs) And I proceed to have the longest ride home. So much traffic. Atlanta's known for traffic, but I, it took me an hour and a half to get home. And the envelope is in my front seat. I'm just staring at it. (laughs) So Danny and I opened it up together that night. And it, the video is bad. I've never posted it. I've never shared it because I look so disappointed, but really it's just the anxiety flooding me that I have no names. Like I have some <laughs> names, but we don't like them. And we've talked about baby names. I'm a psycho since like 16. <laughs> I had a list on my phone. <laughs> like, so it's real. You know what you're having. You now have to name this person. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, it was really exciting, but you know, ultrasound stopped being fun when you get to the anatomy scan and further. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there, I was also, you know, appointments are really expensive because you're like with a singleton pregnancy, they don't do ultrasounds commonly, mm-hmm. like all the time, every single time I was in the office, I did an ultrasound and Along with the pups, it was the ultrasound gel made my whole body break out. Mm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. awful. Um, but there was one. That, so we got to the point where the um, 
ultra the OB was like, we really need to see baby A's face. We need to make sure she's okay, mm-hmm. that she has a chin, that she has, you know, the normal profile. We want you to go over to the perinatologist down the road. They have more intense ultrasound ultrasounds, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the I'm in the business. I know everyone. My OB is upstairs. Like it's really easy to do these appointments. So that day, it's January, I decide to clock in and go down the street. Like I stay clocked in, y'all. I go to work <laughs> early and I clock in. And I'm like, hey, I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I put a clementine on my desk and I'm like, I'll see you later. <laughs> and I am I go and I park over there. At the appointment, they start to scan me. And the ultrasonographer, her and I are, you know, shooting the shit. Um, and then she gets really, really quiet. And I was like, oh, you know, is everything looking okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have the doctor come in and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, just, are you feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel fine. I feel great. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, she brings the doctor in and the doctor goes, well, while we were doing that ultrasound, you had contractions. Did you feel those? And I was like, no, no, I didn't. And she goes, also, your cervix is very small. It's thin. So we're, th- and then she casually says the word admission. And being a nurse, I'm like on high alert. I'm like, mm, what? Yeah. Excuse me, ma'am, go back. Rewind. <laughs> um, she goes, and I say, what are you saying to me? And she just says, we're going to need to admit you to the hospital to make sure you don't go into labor. And I freak out. Like I am like hyperventilating, like losing a little bit. How many weeks were you? I was 27. Oh yeah. So early. Yeah. I would, yeah, I was 27 weeks and I was also, you know, I was scared. I didn't sign up for short-term disability when I got my job. And that was apparently all of, at the time, that was our our maternity leave. Mm. So I learned about that. And I was like, I, I don't have maternity leave. And so I've been anxious. One, all of the symptoms so far all of the financial things with all the ultrasound. I was so stressed, Mm -hmm. so anxious. My blood pressure was fine. It was nothing like that, but everything was building, Mm -hmm. financially building. You look up the cost of twins and you're just like, you want to freak out. Well, I'm at that point, I'm at 27 weeks and I'm being admitted. I, the first people I, I called Danny, obviously called Danny. But I texted my manager and the clinical manager. And I was like, Karen and Krista. And I immediately was like, they're admitting me. It's too early. Mm-hmm. Like, if I read that text now, I start to cry. Like, it makes me so upset. It makes me so sad. But I go, it's too early. And Krista and Karen just, like, jumped in. And they were like, it's okay. We got this. We'll put your out of office on. They, like, jumped into action. Mm-hmm. Um, I later found out Krista was crying like she was she was hysterical and um she 
it, you know, I'm so close with all my coworkers, but she was so strong in that moment. And mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for them, but they were, I texted them and I told my mom, she didn't understand what was going on, but mm-hmm. I didn't either. They knew that I was a nurse. They, I mean, all around, if, if you're in the Atlanta area, it's called pill Hill. It's all of the hospitals and Northside is the baby factory where mm-hmm. everyone delivers. It's known. They have like three floors of, of delivery, like <laughs> three L and D floors. Wow. The women's center is massive. This office has a tunnel that goes into Northside hospital. Wow. <laughs> she, the doctor tells me, well, I know you're a nurse. I can't let you leave. Which in clinical terms is you are a flight risk. I think you're going to leave and run away. So they put me in a wheelchair and wheel my big ass all the way to the hospital. And I'm sitting in front of the check-in desk. And Natalie, I don't know if you remember this, but if I cry, I get splotchy. (laughs) Everyone is aware that I'm crying. Everyone. And I... And bright red, I am sobbing. I'm scared. I'm by myself being admitted into into the hospital. Mm -hmm. Indefinitely, by the way. They did not tell me anything. So I get into the room. I'm on a uh, high-risk perinatal unit. Um, And I worked in the hospital in St. Louis. I worked in the hospital in Atlanta. I never thought that I was going to (laughs) be... someone in the hospital bed, especially at 26, 20, yeah, I was 26 years old. So, um, it was very weird. I did my glucose test that day. (laughs) And by the way, because I left my Clementine at my desk, I was starving. (laughs) I loved that, that glucose test. I loved it. I was like, yes, bring it. Can I have another one? It's like warm Fanta. It was just, I mean, thinking back to it, I'm like, I still don't have bad memories of that glucose test <laughs> because I was so hungry. <laughs> and <laughs> every every woman I tell that to, all my coworkers who've been pregnant since, they're like, you're crazy. I threw up. Like, what is it's wrong with you? It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but um, so I, I was admitted by the perinatologist, but my OB was seeing me. Um, I didn't hear, I didn't see the OB until like 11 o'clock that night. Um, he comes in and he's like disheveled. Like he's just, he's had a hard day. He goes, I'm sorry. You know, had like five C-sections today. Like that sucks. Yeah. And they're all talking to me. Cause I'm my doctor, Dr. Andrew Toledo is buddies with everyone. Like he is so well connected. The dude has connections out the ass in the OB field. And so they all know I'm his nurse. This is Jenny, Andy's nurse. Mm -hmm. And so Dr. Basile comes in and he's like, pulls up a chair and he just cuts the shit with me. I'm watching forensic files because it helps me sleep. And he's like, oh, this this show is great. You know, this is great. I've seen this episode. Like, I was like, bro, no, 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 no. We're not talking about forensic files. Why am I here? What am I doing? When is the timeline here? Mm -hmm. And they put me on twice a day or three times a day monitoring. So I had to monitor um, 
the baby's heartbeats along with my a toko. So I had to do contraction monitor. Um, I had a really bad first couple days where they had to slow down contractions and prevent them. So they, I didn't have any blood pressure issues. It was just my cervix could not handle those contractions that occasionally occurred. Mm-hmm. Now, like I, I think one time they gave me meds and I had to do IVs because if you're dehydrated, you're at risk for those contractions to come back. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a fine line because if you're too, your bladder's too full, the bladder can push on your uterus and then start contraction. So I was just constantly getting up to go to the bathroom. That was my only activity was getting up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like it was monitored bed rest, hospital monitored bed rest. So I couldn't leave the room, couldn't go for a walk, nothing. Um, I would sneak out because <laughs> um, there was a McDonald's in that hospital. And you bet your, you bet your ass this fatty over here was like, mm, yeah, the twins want, the twins need a milkshake. <laughs> I passed my glucose test. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's not me. It. It's the twins. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I, uh, that was January Right, right when people want to start planning baby showers, mm-hmm. I um, actually had people planning two baby showers in St. Louis and a baby shower at work, and we had to make the baby one baby shower got canceled and one was virtual in St. Louis, which sucked so <laughs> bad, yeah. so bad. Um, we the uh, my coworkers tried to plan a baby shower three times at work and it all three of them got canceled so um never had that you you panic and I was like Danny you have to put together the the cribs now you know I'm like months away I nowhere near the time to need a crib or even a high chair I made him put together a high chair (laughs) and we didn't use that until we were like nine months old (laughs) But I was panicking and making him do stuff. So it was really hard on him because I, I can't imagine doing this if you had kids because I was in the hospital. I we're 45 minutes North. So I'm in the hospital right by my work. Some people can come by and see me, Mm -hmm. but Danny's coming 45 minutes South after he comes home from work, he takes the dogs out and we also have three dogs at this point, by the, by the way. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> Life mistake. And he takes the dogs out, and then he'll come see me. So those first couple of weeks, he was doing it, like, every day. Mm-hmm. He's paying so much gas. He's exhausted. He's irritated. It was taking a really big toll on us. Um, so when it's – I'm, like, two weeks into this hospital stay. And every day I'm, like, what – can I please go home? Can I please go home? And it's, Hey, you've made it another milestone, another day. Every single day is a win. Mm -hmm. Well, they tell me everything's looking better. Your cervix is getting thick, you know, thicker. I get ultrasounds, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays. The worst part by far was those the monitoring, you know, those, those bands they put on you when you were delivering. Mm -hmm. We have, three I have three on them and the girls 
when <laughs> the babies don't like them. If they're small, they can like hit the monitor and they can spin away from it. So when the girls are really small, they hated that the wavelengths that were going through mm-hmm. and they would just avoid it. So I would spend hours of my day being stuck into the bed and trying to find their heartbeats. So it was a lot of like, no, you have to do this to get the baby A, you have to do this to get baby B. It was just, it was so complicated. Um, I was lucky enough at the time to have amazing coworkers who let me work from the hospital room. (laughs) I was able to get a laptop and I would, I wouldn't call patients, but I would do insurance stuff. I would do paperwork, clinical, like administrative stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was able to not get onto short-term yet. Like I wasn't using my maternity leave yet. Yeah. And keeping me sane. It was really keeping me sane to have some kind of work. Um, I wasn't just watching guys' grocery games all day long. And so I was limited to only three hours a day, but it got me through. Yeah. Um, Eventually, after like two and a half weeks, they let me go home. They discharged me. Felt like I was breaking free. Yeah. (laughs) And... I immediately come home and the place is a mess. <laughs> and yes. because I'm who I am, I couldn't do it. I can like not clean the whole house. So I cleaned the house. We also had to get our puppy spayed because I didn't want a puppy period <laughs> around the house when yeah. I can't clean. So we also had that scheduled. Well, we got our dog spayed and I had to like take care of her afterwards. So I'm like lifting a large golden retriever puppy. Yeah. It was a terrible idea. Really bad, really bad idea. (laughs) Um, I go to one OB appointment and I'm fine. And then I go back to the perinatologist and I'm not fine. Like several, just a few days apart and my cervix is thin again. So that one, I was not near the hospital. So they couldn't wheel me. They had to (laughs) let me go home. (laughs) So that visit, they were like, we want you, you're, you're being admitted again. You know, bad girl, (laughs) but you need to go to the hospital in an hour. You need to go to the hospital in an hour. And I, (laughs) Was, okay, I was like so thankful I could pack my own bag. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy, having your husband pack a bag <laughs> for you is not. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. That dickhead, that dickhead, <laughs> thought it was funny to pack my vibrator. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's an asshole. And he thought it was so funny. He thought it was the funniest thing. I was like, you're taking that home. It's so embarrassing. We all know I'm a nurse. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that. And so the second time around, I could I could pack my own bag. Like, I was so thankful. And then so no vibrator. Like, can, I, can I go get sweet tomatoes before? You know that buffet? 
sweet tomatoes. They have like the best oh, yeah. blueberry muffins. And, <laughs> and I was like, can I please go to sweet tomatoes before? And they're like, Jenny, no. <laughs> you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> so, I mean, that appointment and that admission was not fun, but it was way less dramatic as the first one when I had no idea what to expect. I thought I was, you know, it was doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. That second admission, that's the that was the final one. I knew I was in for the long haul. They wouldn't let me go home um, because I lived too far away from the hospital where my OB delivers. Mm-hmm. And also the biggest thing was the NICU. We needed a really well-equipped NICU. Mm-hmm. So, and all I'm on back on the same floor, by the way, same floor, same nurses. <laughs> and I come back and they're like, what are you doing? What did you do? Why are you here again? And I was like, you know, me being me, can't help it. Um, so that was that was sucky. And then this time around, I was like, Danny, don't come. Don't come visit every single day. It's too much on you. It's mm-hmm. too much. I, I'm stuck in here regardless whether you come to visit or not. So this one was a little bit better. I had friends come to see me. I still had work. Uh, I actually, when my sister, when my baby shower in St. Louis got canceled, she decided to change her flight and she came to see me. So she's pregnant, same time I am, just as big. Mm-hmm. Not that big though. She's petite, not having twins. So, <laughs> and it was really cool because she would sit in the, the hospital bed with me. And all of our babies are kicking together. Oh, uh, so it was special. so cute. It was so cute. So she's having a boy. I'm having two girls. And they, we'd sit side by side and our bellies, you can see them like oh. just rolling. That is so cool. It was really, yeah, it was really neat. And uh, we, I got, I didn't get comfortable, but I got, you know, pretty, you know, resolute in my, my position there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not without like a lot of, I don't know, depersonal depersonalization. You just be kind of become a walking incubator at that point, mm-hmm. just day by day. You're counting the days. Um, at that point, my, you know, I had people visit. I had everyone like telling their friend, you know, my aunt, um, my uncle's sister came to see me. <laughs> it was, everyone came to visit because mm-hmm. um, I couldn't leave. Well, it, and I continued to work too. So I was just keeping busy at yeah. that point. So um, this was like end of February, 2020? End of February. Yeah. And, tw- and in the hospital, I'm watching the news and I'm like what's this COVID thing yeah like I'm talking to other nurses I'm like what do you think this is going to be like do you think it's going to come here mm-hmm. and where I vividly remember everyone being like no 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 it's going to die down it's going to it will be okay um my biggest concern at that point was not having leap day leap year babies I oh yeah was like I'm not going to have twins on a leap day. <laughs> Hell no! Hell no! Are they going to have birthdays every four years? What a complicated mess that is. So when I made it past the, the leap leap year leap day, I was all right, cool. We're Gucci. We are good. <laughs> I was 
is due April 21st and we make it into March. Uh, I was very happy. I was very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I was now altogether about like five weeks of admission. So yeah, I, there's a lot of, of guilt around my delivery, but, um, on March 3rd, that night, I missed my husband. I was, you know, bored. I, um, I just happened to have an orgasm (laughs) and (laughs) I was hormonal and pregnant, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. bored, whatever, (laughs) you're going to do what you're going to (laughs) do. The next day, I think nothing of it. And the next day I'm like, feeling more discomfort Mm -hmm. than usual. And I'm watching guys grocery games per usual, (laughs) my normal routine, eating Starburst because I was all about that texture at that time. (laughs) My doctor, the same doctor that was the guy who admitted me, he's super cool. He goes, Hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? And I was like, Oh, you know, I've watched all of the forensic file seasons by now. What's up? <laughs> I'm seeing reruns. And he was like, cut this shit. How are you feeling? And I go, well, it feels like both babies are trying to leave my belly button. They um, leave outside. You know, they just, a contraction with twins is weird. It's mm-hmm. not like focused. It just felt like they're both going outward instead of down <laughs> like they should be. So I was just explaining, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, like normal. And he was like, Oh, okay. you know, I'm minimizing it all over the place. I'm minimizing it. And he goes, well, let's just put you on the monitor and see, let's just put you on. And I can't remember her name, but my nurse that day was fantastic. And she was, she put me on the monitor. It got easier to do the monitor as the babies got bigger mm-hmm. because even if they don't like the monitor, they can't, they don't have the room to get out. And by the way, baby B is flipping every other day. So she's just like using her sister's head as a cat, like <laughs> as a way to just jump off of it and just flip. Whereas baby A, she's just facing my spine and not doing it. Like she's just, she can't move very much. Yeah, She's so low that they could only see her butt cheeks with a vaginal ultrasound. That's how low she was. She was sitting on top of my cervix in my pelvis. And I remember telling Dr. Basile, I was like, I feel like I'm being ripped from my pelvis. And he's like, oh yeah, classic lightning crotch. This isn't lightning crotch, I'm being split in half. (laughs) Well, he comes that day after monitoring me and she goes, um, Jenny, it's been 20 minutes and you've had six contractions. I'm like, oops. <laughs> so Dr. Basile comes, she's like, I'm going to get the doctor back in here. We're going to have to check your cervix. That man had the largest hands. I mean, <laughs> I nearly crawled up the bed. I was, his hands, God bless him. So big, ter- terrified of him. I, <laughs> God. So he checks my cervix. He makes this like hilarious joke. He's like, well, your tonsils look great. Cool. (laughs) Also, we're having babies today because your your bag is bulging. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, bulging. What? (laughs) What's a bulging bag? And 
he was like, well, your amniotic sac is, is coming out. So we need to, we're going to go where it's, it's C-section day. We're doing it. And oh I'm like, gosh. shit, you know, my husband's 45 minutes North. I'm, I'm starting to like hyperventilate. My nurse is so great. She goes, calm down. You're okay. You got this. Don't cry. Don't cry. And I, and he goes, he, by the way, he goes, what have you, when's the last time you ate? I was like, mm, does, do Starburst count? <laughs> 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 so he's, you know, I, I text Danny, I call Danny and I'm like, Hey, um, so we're having babies today. He's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, we're having babies today. Go ahead and go home. I don't think we're in like a rush. Go ahead and go home. Take the dogs out. It could be a while. Um, and, and then head down. I text, I call my friend, Anna. I, she is the, the children's nurse mm-hmm. and she lives close by and she has like a go bag y'all she was there <laughs> she was there in like 10 minutes and she's helping me he's like she helped me so much I happened to be like getting wheeled down and I realized oh I've been over hydrating because that's what my job was the last couple weeks yeah. hydrate yeah I had to pee really bad and they're like no well it's okay we'll put it in a foley we'll put it in a catheter it's okay I'm like mm. <laughs> I might pee on you before then. So <laughs> she, you know, Anna's there. She holds my hand while they put the um, the epidural in. And then uh, fun fact about being hospitalized for five weeks, guys, you can't do any grooming down there. <laughs> so I was a mess. I was a mess. They haven't, this is 630 or so at night mm-hmm. and they have shift change. So everyone's giving report to each other. Yeah. And they have a new nurse who's shaving my pubes. <laughs> and and the, the older nurse was like, that's enough. That's enough. I think that's fine. <laughs> I was like, cool. So Danny Thank packs you. your vibrator <laughs> but won't pack your <laughs> anything to groom you. With twins, you can't see anything. Yeah, you'd have to have someone else do it. <laughs> yeah, <anyways>. That's true. <laughs> so... So that was a great moment. And then they put, them, they put in the catheter and they're like, oh, Jenny, you really did have to go. You filled the catheter bag. And I was like, mm, I told you. I told you I had a thousand cc's in there. And Anna's there and there's March 4th. So just starting to start restricting things. Well, in the OR, they don't have enough room for other people. So they're like, who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm just a friend. And they're like, okay, you need to leave. You need to get her stuff. My hospital room is like an apartment. So she had to unpack my whole room and bring it to post-delivery. So she did that. Dr. Basile is like, oh, hey, where's your husband? Where's he at? I go, oh, yeah, I told him to go take the dogs out. He should be here in like 10 minutes or so. Uh, We have time, right? I mean, I think we're going to go in like OR at like 830. He goes, and this is when he was very serious. He goes, Jenny, the moment your husband is dressed out, we're wheeling you to the OR immediately. And I go, and that's when shit got real. <laughs> I was like, oh, neat. Um, we wheeled out, I think, at seven. That is shift change in the hospital. So there was already more personnel because of twins, but they were double that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there face up on the on the the table and it is so loud in that room I 
who could hear everyone talking. It was, and, and Dr. Basile sitting there patiently, obviously doctors don't need to give report. And he goes, you, you doing okay? And I, I remember like choking out. It's too loud. <laughs> and he, he got, like, everybody, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> and I was so thankful for that. Oh, I, that's awesome. Section shapes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was shaking the whole time. I was crying. Danny was, you know, so pumped. He was just naive to it all. <laughs> um, he didn't look over the, the curtain or anything. He's, he's not that dude. But um, we had this wonderful anesthesia, the nurse anesthetist. She took my phone and she took pictures of the whole thing. Oh, that's um, nice. <laughs> but they, I didn't feel a thing. That wasn't, you know, painful or anything. They, it's, it's the feeling of a tug. Mm-hmm. And then you, you hear a baby cry. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was my Natalie. Um, Natalie's baby A. And she immediately came out screaming, telling the world that she was pissed and she was ready to go. Um, and then baby B came two minutes later. Uh, that's Nora. And he, each time before he picked up Natalie, before he took out Natalie, he like, his timing was perfect. He goes, well, dad, give mom a kiss. Cause this is the last time you're going to be alone. And like Aww. takes her out and shows her. Um, and then with Nora, he like put Nora towards the, the barrier and I have this awesome picture of her reaching out with her little hand and touching that clear barrier. Aww. And I was just hysterically crying and so, so happy. Um, there's all the nurses there for the NICU. Mm-hmm. So while they're cleaning me up, Danny's taking pictures and seeing them and talking to them. And um, he goes with the babies while I'm getting cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew I'm a nurse. Obviously, they all know me. Um, so they, at the end, they show me my placentas. Love it. <laughs> they're like, what is the end? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so they show me both of my placentas. Um, and it was, you know, a, a really nice, um, a, a good time, you know, o- overall. The delivery at that point, I was just so happy to have made it to 33 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, their outcomes were so much more improved than previously Mm -hmm. um but they went right to the NICU and I stayed in postpartum Mm -hmm. so I didn't get to hold them that night I didn't get to see them until the next day until I was okay to get off of the the pain drip Mm -hmm. and uh go upstairs to see them so um Anna stayed with me that night Mm -hmm. he was um fantastic Danny had to go back home and, and take care of the dogs and but um we we got to to see the girls in the morning and the NICU. It's it's scary the NICU. Mm-hmm. Um but so Nora was four pounds eight ounces and Natalie was four pounds one ounce one ounce. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um she was just a little bit smaller but she Natalie was immediately further ahead than Nora Mm -hmm. she like 
she progressed faster. The the thing about the the hospital we were at, they have two NICUs. They have two separate NICUs in so many different like rooms inside the NICUs. They kept my girls in like separate rooms most days. So I was always hopping around. Mm-hmm. This was first week of March. Things haven't shut down yet. I leave the, I get discharged after five days and um, we, I can't drive. After a C-section, you can't drive because if you get to an accident, you could burst your uterus and just be screwed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully I have my coworkers who work, who live kind of by me mm-hmm. and they work down the road. So they drove me to work and I'm pumping, doing, you know, I was so adamant. I was like, I gotta, I gotta do all the pumping again, you know, for the girls. And, um, so I wanted to save money. I packed a cooler of like ham sandwiches, Gatorade, waters. Um, and I was dropped off for like the whole day. So I would go to each one of their feeds and like eat, drink, and pump like all the time. In the NICU, they have a pump that would go right to the bedside so you could pump and, and hold your baby. You could try to feed. The girls were too small. Mm-hmm. Um to properly breastfeed so it was just a lot of pumping for me and there was one day I remember my friend Hillary was um driving me and I felt so tired I was so so tired and I was like this is it this is COVID this is what I've heard about this is the COVID (laughs) and I when we got home later on I mean I was falling asleep at both the girls bedsides and um Hillary was like just take a break sleep you're just exhausted and I'm starting to feel like bubble guts not like sweats bubble guts I'm feeling ill mm-hmm. and Danny comes home and he goes did you make sandwiches to go to work I mean go to the hospital and he was I was like yeah I did he goes with this mayo and I was like mm-hmm he's like mm, babe this is expired like a year expired. Oh and I was like, <sighs> I gave myself food poisoning, y'all. I am I am a week postpartum, and this is also a national toilet paper shortage. Remember that? When people were hoarding toilet paper and you couldn't oh, find toilet paper. Yeah. I was crapping my brains out, bleeding, <laughs> bleeding, and I had no toilet paper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. That was a freaking nightmare. Also, Danny's not doing his paternity leave yet because he's trying to save it for when the girls come home. Mm-hmm. So I'm on my own. Uh, thank God for my friend Van, whose husband's a cop. Like, he's uh, driving around late at night when they're stuck in shelves because he got me a pack of Charmin. <laughs> I was so close, y'all. I was really close to being on paper towels. Oh, oh trash no. bags. Was so bad. Um, it was awful. I am I'm I'm very compulsive now. All the people who I know who are pregnant or about to deliver, I 
give them the normal things, but I give them a pack of toilet paper now. Like, I, I'm not messing <laughs> just around. Don't know. <laughs> I, just in case, people are crazy. They did not learn their lesson about hoarding. They did not. No. So, God. Um, well, we, you know, I, that was the, the routine for a while. That was the routine after a couple a couple weeks. It was driving to the hospital to see the girls. Coming back home, driving to the hospital to the girls. That was my whole thing. Um, on, and that's when COVID starting to pick up and starting to get a little bit more scary. On March, on March 23rd, uh, it, Natalie is doing awesome. She's on, she's no breathing tube. She's feeding on her own. She's feeding off of a bottle. We do the car seat test because you have to do the car seat test for the NICU to, mm-hmm. for them to go home. Um, we do the car seat test and I'm talking to the nurses. I'm like, okay, so when I take Natalie home, when we come back tomorrow to see Nora, can I have a crib in her area to put Natalie so that I can hold Nora? And, you know, it's just like me and Natalie visiting her sissy, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to come together. And, um, you know, the nurse was like, yeah, I'll have that coordinated for you. Um, so it was later that night when Danny was able to come help me pick up Natalie and, and get going. So we come together and they, the nurse manager comes up and was like, hey, uh, we do need to tell you about a change that's being made. And we unfortunately are going to have to shut down the NICU to any visitors. And I immediately was like, okay, but like, I can, I can, you know, right? Mm-hmm. No, that means all visitors. So what? you won't be able to come back. You're not like a visitor. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my so God. I, I'm, I'm like, so when I take Natalie home, I'm not going to be able to see Nora. And I proceed to have the like a full-blown panic attack. I have never cried so hard, so loud in public before. <laughs> I mean, semi-public and no one's really around. Yeah. Danny kept his head cool. He was definitely the partner who was, you know, keeping a level head. I am holding Nora sobbing. Sobbing. Because your child's in an ICU. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to. They're like, we can FaceTime. We'll FaceTime twice a day. I am beside myself. I am just. um, Partial. (laughs) One of the big reasons I'm going through therapy is is that moment. Yeah. And those. Leaving my daughter. Yeah. It was hard leaving both of them. But I knew I was coming back to see both of them. Mm-hmm. But coming back home with one and leaving the other, I think I'll probably have carry that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, so they still make you wheel out your baby. I'm holding Natalie and I'm sitting in that wheelchair, just puffy and and just dazed. I was almost just dissociating at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was before masks, right before we started wearing masks. And I see this woman come up and I, she's crying because obviously she's been told the same thing. Her husband's been crying mm-hmm. and I see them and I'm like, they look 
really familiar. Um, I look at her and she goes, you're Dr. Toledo's nurse, aren't you? And I go, and I, and it clicked and I was like, I am, I am. And you were my patient, weren't you? It, she was right. Her baby was right next to our girls and she was just told the exact same thing. And I was her main nurse to help her get pregnant. And in that moment, she was just like, this sucks. And I was like, it really does suck. Um, like it was, it was one of those weird small world moments. Yeah. And she has since come back to me and I helped her get pregnant baby number two. <laughs> but I mean, it was awful. It was awful. Yeah. Um, I was also by myself because Danny had to keep his paternity leave until the both girls came home. Mm-hmm. So for three weeks, it was just Natalie at home with me and Danny was continuing to work. I was just up with the baby, just doing it all with all the, a NICU baby, you have to wake them up every two, three hours. Mm-hmm. So it was three hours on the dot, waking up to feed. I would pump, hold her head up because she's also, you know, refluxy, mm-hmm. like normal NICU babies, I guess. Um, and it was exhausting. <laughs> really bad. Um, and then Nora started to improve, you know, and she came home after 40 days in the NICU. Wow. So like past her due date. Was it past Uh, her due date? It was, she came home April 15th. So she was like a week away from her her due date. Oh, oh my gosh. So like they had to like do that all on their own. Like you, you didn't see her for 40 days. No, they would just FaceTime twice a day. So I'm just sitting there going through that, that's constant Cycle, three hour cycle and then just waiting for a FaceTime call yeah. every day. Oh. So, um, and then they came home. So I'm like, I'm used to one baby, I'm used to one baby. Mm-hmm. And then boom, we have two. <sighs> wow. <laughs> that was a trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was postpartum after having two and, and Danny got to do his paternity leave? So he did his, he started his paternity leave. And it was all teamwork or nothing. There, it was, um, we split it up in, I'll do diapers, you do bottles. Natalie came home on a Dr. Brown bottle with Neosure and breast milk. Mm-hmm. Nora came home on a man bottle with Alimentum. And so there was a total routine with the bottles. We had to do them separately and correctly. Um, <laughs> um, it stresses me out thinking about it now. Yeah. And oh wow! I did, and I did two. I did the diapers, and then we would meet together. We would feed, hold them, burp them for twenty minutes, and then put them down. And I would then, I would pump. So it got really, really old after a while. Mm-hmm. The pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't producing a whole lot. I was beating myself up. There's so much guilt when with you when you have a naked baby I mean especially in my situation where I felt completely at fault for it I mm-hmm. felt really I just kept that to myself I was like I was very secretive of it you mm-hmm. know I think I caused my delivery by you know being stupid and hormonal the night before and I caused this I totally caused this I'm the reason why 
I'm not seeing my daughter. And then you're pumping and you're like, I'm not making enough. I, it's my fault. I'm not, you know, feeding enough for my kid, my girls. So it was, it kept postpartum depression like there mm-hmm. the whole time. You're just kind of circling there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had two weeks off. He had two weeks paid. And he goes back to work. The last couple of days, I'm like, how do I feed both babies at once? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do one and the other and then pump because I will literally <coughs> never sleep. I'll yeah. never sleep. Yeah. Or so eat or shower. Or I have a <laughs> couple of pictures of me like both babies are propped up and I have bottles on either side. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's pretty insane. So he goes back to work and I have one or two days. All of a sudden, you know, I'm on the second day of all by myself with both babies and he walks in while I'm pumping and he has tears down his eyes and he goes, I was just laid off. <gasps> oh my God. My God. So add more trauma. Oh my God. I am pumping, trying to feed, trying to think about how we're going to feed two babies. One is on an expensive formula and my husband comes home and tells me he doesn't have a job. Oh my God. So we freak out. Um, they, you know, thank God for the unemployment that was oh, increased during the COVID that, shutdown. Yeah, like, that helped so much. He yeah. had severance. Um, I mean, he took that hard. He took that so hard. Oh. And we got fully COVID shut down here. Um, it was just craziness with the babies. It was just us and the babies. We were just locked down with two infants. Um, looking back, I'm still so bitter about them laying him off right after his paternity leave, mm-hmm. but they gave him the paternity leave, paid mm-hmm. paternity leave. The severance also was really good, mm-hmm. and he got un- unemployment on that. Um, I had unemployment, um, and then I started working early. He got more time with the girls. He, you know, had a really long time with them early on, mm-hmm. and and then they gave him his job back after like two months or so that's so um, good he that's like good. reapplied and and they hired him back when things started to clear up a little clear up but you know yeah. <laughs> get a little bit better and open up a little bit more um so he we ended up being okay through that but yeah. it was really traumatic it would have broken a lot of people mm-hmm. but Danny and I we didn't let it stop us we kind of bonded together there um and if anyone's pregnant with multiple I mean even now as a nurse who is in fertility in the fertility field and I have patients who get pregnant with twins I tell them you have to work as a team or it's gonna break you like there's no if ands or buts it's teamwork Mm -hmm. or it's gonna it's gonna wreck your marriage um and it, it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So when, when did it? Wait. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, when did it feel like it kind of got a little bit easier? Was there like some sort of milestone or something? Um, or it got still? easier when they went to daycare. <laughs> when they yeah. finally went to daycare. <laughs> yes. And I could go to work. Um, 
that's when it got a little bit better. I started, I got back on my anti-anxiety. I stopped pumping, stopping pumping. Um, I am a huge, I, all for breastfeeding, all for pumping. Um, but the mental toll that took, um, I already had been so depersonalized in the hospital mm-hmm. and then hooking yourself up like a cow <laughs> to something that's going to milk you, yeah. um, takes away your, who you are a lot. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop. I just had to stop. I felt a lot better when I stopped pumping. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also was able to start working on my mental health more, um, it took me a really long time to talk about my guilt towards the girl's delivery. I, it took weeks into therapy for me to talk about that and to, you know, very shamefully, like just say it one day. Mm-hmm. And my therapist said something I'll never forget. She was like, when you bring something into the light, something shameful into the light, it shrinks. So, now I can talk about it and be like, hey, you know, we all masturbate. It happens. <laughs> we all do it. Uh, but it affected my sex life for a year after my delivery mm-hmm. because I was so riddled with guilt that in shame, I couldn't enjoy sex with my husband. And he thought it was his fault. And then finally, I, I very like, I have to confess something to you. I'm so sorry for the NICU bills. It's all my fault. Um, I did this. And I think this is why our daughters were born early and all of these issues. And he's like, he's such a man who's just so excited that it's like not his fault. He was like, oh my God, I thought you weren't attracted to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not it. (laughs) So, you know, it's, and I've talked to other NICU moms we all have that guilt. You caused it. Your body didn't do the right thing. You weren't able to, to deliver at the right time. This is your fault. Um, so I'm still processing all of that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a trauma that is very, very unique having children in the NICU. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But I still have more kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you are amazing. I that that was way more than I ever thought. I know that outline I wrote. Like, oh, this will be fine. It'll be fine. There'll be no deal. <sighs> casual. It's not casual. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Jenny, what um, advice would you give for moms of multiples? It would be make sure your partner is ready. Make sure you and your partner are strong. Go to therapy work out the kinks in your relationship first, Mm -hmm. make sure you're in a good spot. It's going to test you. It's going to test you, but it's so satisfying for the multiples are so fun to see and so very loving. And and it's just so, so much fun. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of stress, but it's worth it. Jenny, thank you so much for telling your story and being so vulnerable and sharing the birth of your beautiful girls. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) For photos and more information on Jenny, check out our website. 
You can also find links in the show notes to follow Jenny, Natalie, and Liz on Instagram and Facebook. There are also links to great resources on our website as well. If you'd like to share your story with us, please head over to our website, fill out the guest intake form, and we'll be in touch with you soon. We love all kinds of stories, so don't be shy. And again, if you enjoy our podcast, please share with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify so more listeners can connect with us. See you next episode.